So I got an email recently from Gregory asking about how to deal with struggling to come up with good storytelling ideas and strong, effective storytelling lyrics. So in this episode, we're going to take half of that because I don't want to make this episode like three hours long. So we're going to take half of that and we're going to talk about coming up with effective storytelling ideas. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Vidala. Honored to be talking with you. Honored that you chose to take some time out of your busy week to come to this podcast, to listen to this episode. I appreciate that. It certainly is something that I understand the, the, that there's only a certain amount of time that we can all afford to listen to podcasts and uh, watch YouTube videos and all that. So we have to be choosy about what we can listen to and watch. So I appreciate that I made the cut this week. Uh, and even more importantly, uh, I'm glad that something about songwriting made the cut, that you care enough about the craft of songwriting that you could you know, be listening to podcasts about an infinite number of things, but you chose that one of the podcasts you'd listen to would be about songwriting. That's awesome. That makes me excited. So let's talk about coming up with effective storytelling ideas, coming up with effective ideas of where to go with our lyrics. And when we're talking about ideas, you always have to start with the basics of what what is our goal? When we, when we say come up with ideas, what does that mean? And I think at the at the main basis of it all, is the question of quantity to quality or quality to quality. And I think that that question is at the root of a lot of things creative. Um, And so what do I mean by that? So quantity to quality is like spray and pray. So if you've ever, ever played an FPS or anything like that, and you've had like an automatic weapon, or at least very semi, but fully automatic weapon, let's stick with that. And you're new to the game, so you kind of like see somebody, you know, an opponent is there, and you just sort of like, are like, oh, and then you just shoot all across the screen, hoping that you have downed your enemy. That would be spray and pray. That would be the quantity to quality, right? You shot a whole bunch of bullets in the hope that a few of them would hit, and you would get the result that you desired, which is to win the game or at least to kill that one person that helps you get closer to winning the game, whatever. Versus a sniper. A sniper is, in theory, you shoot one bullet, and then you get the result. It takes more time, right? And you have to you have to concentrate, and you have to get it right. You have to aim correctly, but one bullet, done. That would be quality to quality. Now, when it comes to songwriting in general, I'm actually a big fan of quality to quality. I'm a big fan of the the second that you know your song isn't going to make the cut, why waste more time on it? Right? You you'd better you'd be better off making one of the five songs that are going to make your EP better than you would trying to make your 15th best unreleased song your 12th best unreleased song. Who cares? Either way, that song is almost definitely never going to make the cut. So don't waste time on it. So that's actually quality to quality. 
when it comes to idea gathering, I'm actually a big fan of quantity. And there's a lot of reasons for this. I have, I think, a whole episode just about this first part, really, where I talk about how ideas are cheap overall. If not, there's a video on the YouTube channel. So we won't get, get too deep into that aspect of it. But basically, you know, ideas, whether they're good ideas or bad ideas, take two seconds to write down. So as far as how much effort it takes for you to come up with ideas or how much effort it takes for you to write down and track ideas, there's really no reason to not just write any and all ideas down. Because just because you think it's a great idea now, when it's midnight and you're feeling loopy, doesn't mean that it's a good idea in the morning. And just because you write down an idea that you don't think is very good right now, tomorrow morning or five weeks from now or five years from now, you might be like, you know what? I now went through something in my life where that actually, I, I can do something with that now. That's a great idea. So we shouldn't be prejudiced when it comes to tracking ideas. If you have an idea, track it. Go for quantity. So where we'll start to be selective is in the choosing ideas to develop step, which is coming up a little later. That's probably where this episode will end. But so, so the question is, all right, we want a lot of ideas in the hopes that we will get high quality ideas out of that. And the hope is that we have 200 ideas. And out of those 200 ideas, goodness, I hope five of them are good to develop songs for, say, the next EP. So how do we make sure we get to quantity, though? One thing, which may sound obvious, but a lot of people don't do this. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a lot of fun, too. And hopefully you think it's fun as well. But it's just take time for idea generation. And, and what I mean by that is where you sit down and your entire goal is let's generate ideas. Let's go seek out ideas. My entire goal right now is just to find ideas. I'm not trying to write a song. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to start a song. I'm, I, I am literally just looking for and thinking, for, thinking of ideas. That's it. I'm not going to develop anything. I'm just going to come, come up with ideas. And also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this again, because I, I got an email or a comment on a YouTube, I forget what, but I saw this recently where somebody again was asking about, you know, lo losing it, losing their list of ideas. So brief version, I highly recommend, and this is in my six-step lyric writing checklist if you're interested. Um, it's the first step, um, which is at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Um, but... The first thing that is very important about your idea list is one, there should be one single list. None of this, like you have five different notepads that all have ideas and then you have some ideas that are in a Word document and some, don't do that. Cause then when you're like, oh, what was that idea I came up with? You're not gonna know where to look or you're gonna lose one of those or you know, have a single source of truth, one location where everything is. And then have that single source of truth, that idea document, be somewhere that you can access from anywhere. Low friction. You want to be in a situation where if it's late at night and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're super tired, but you wake up with a brilliant idea, what you don't want is to say, oh, my laptop or that notebook is downstairs. 
that's too much effort. I'm going to go back to bed. You want to avoid that. So the reason it's important to use something like Google Drive where you it's on the cloud and your phone can access it, your computer can access it, you can access it as long as you have internet, which is like 99.99999% of our lives at this point because uh, we're including you know service on your phone. That way, when you come up with an idea late at night, you grab your phone that's right by your bedside. Let's be honest with each other right now. Your phone is by your bedside, right? We've all heard we shouldn't have our phone by our bedside, but I know your phone is by your bedside. Mine is too. It's okay. No judgment. Um, but but let's be honest with each other for a second here. So you could just grab that, write your idea down, and go back to bed. But um, so moral of the story, you want to reduce the friction of actually writing ideas down to almost zero. You don't want to be in that situation where you're like, oh, I don't know if that's a good enough idea to justify the amount of work I have to do to write it down. You want it to be like, there's so little work to write down my idea in an idea document where I will never lose it that I will just always do it when I come up with an idea that even seems remotely decent. So, quantity. Let's talk about some different idea uh, genres, if you will. That's not really the right word, but I can't think of the right word at the moment. You'll see what I mean in a second. So one type of an idea is a story idea, right? And the other side of a story idea is a character idea. So you can just have an idea of a character, but you don't necessarily know what their story is yet. Maybe you know what their background is. Maybe you know what their inherent characteristics are, but you don't actually know the story you're going to tell about them. Maybe it won't even end up being really a story because just as an aside... You know, not all songs have stories per se. Sometimes there's really no progression in time. Um, they're all telling a sort of story, but not all of them are telling a story in the sense that we think of a story, right? Where it has like, like a beginning, a middle, and an end. So story ideas, character ideas, but also symbolism ideas, right? Just, just thinking of an interesting symbol where you're like, huh, I don't know what that's about yet. But that's an interesting symbol. Theme ideas, right? What the song would generally be about. Cool sounding titles that you have no idea what they mean. Because you don't need to know what they mean yet. But it just sounds like it would be a cool song title. And then later maybe you can figure out, oh, you know what that could mean? And that's a cool idea. Or maybe an intriguing phrase. That could be a lyrical phrase, right? It could be one of your lyrics of your song, one of your, one of your lines. Maybe if it's really, really good, it can be a tattoo lyric, which I think I have a whole episode on that. Pictures or art that move you. Look, Google Images, huge fan. You can literally search like sad art or, or joyful art or, you know, beautiful person art or, you know, whatever it is you're looking for. Right? Or, 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 or young love art, right? Um, what, whatever it is. Whatever it is that your song is going to be about or whatever it is that, that j just pick a thing. And if you don't know, just default to like happy or sad art and then go down a rabbit hole. Maybe you type in sad art and then you see something that has to do with death, right? And then you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you're like, let's go down the rabbit hole of, of specifically like, uh, dead too soon art, right? Of somebody who died way before, you know, the, what 
age appropriate time. I don't know. There's no way to say that in a good way. You know what I mean? Right. There's if somebody passes away in their sleep at 90, it's a little different than the kid that dies at 14 from a drug. Right. There's just that we all know there's a difference. So um, whatever it might be. So pictures, art. Also, you can listen to instrumental music, whether it be lo-fi or music composition, and then think about what it feels like that song would be about or what wherever that music takes you because any good piece of music can give you images, can take you back in time, can make you feel nostalgic for something that you don't have anymore or nostalgic for a past that you never had. Right. Uh, I think I saw a comment on a lo-fi video recently. That was something like that. Like this makes me nostalgic for something I've never experienced, <laughs> which is funny. Cause it's, uh, I know exactly what they're talking about uh, and pr probably you do too. Uh, you know, you can also listen to a song and think of a response. There's uh, one girl on, I, it was probably originally TikTok, I don't really know, but she's on YouTube and she wrote a song called Hey, It's Delilah. Now, I say wrote a song. Allow me to correct myself. She did a, I wouldn't call it a parody. It's more of a response song to Hey There, Delilah, right? So in her case, she kept the same melody and the same chords and all that, she just changed the lyrics. But from Delilah's point of view, instead of from you know the the main character's point of view, uh, so she just swapped the point of view. And now, obviously, in our case, right, we can't we can't just <laughs> we can't just copy the the music and the melody. But that idea, though, is still a good one that we can absolutely utilize, where we just take somebody else's point of view within a song that has already been written. And it doesn't have to be so explicit either, where it's like, oh, hey, this is this is this is a response to this specific song. And just as a bonus tip here, I think it's super helpful to artificially workshop ideas by just taking a word that you'd like to work with or try out, and then try out some different sort of iterations on that. So let's say, for example, that lately you've been like, man, I, I really like kind of like star night type imagery and I haven't used enough of it. I'd kind of like to write a song that uses something like that. I have noticed that at least for me personally, there's something about so like certain symbolisms and certain symbolism genres, if you will, call to people more than others, right? For example, I'm a big fan of ocean imagery. Now I'm from New England originally, so that's probably a decent part of it. But there's something about like New England beach waves that, that just symbolically resonates greatly with me. So that is is a go-to for me. Go-to might be overstated. It's one, it's one I enjoy using. I probably use it more than average. And I'm also a big fan of, of space-type stuff. Uh, so let's take stars just for an example. Let's say you're like, yeah, I, I want to write a, a song that's some, some, something stars maybe. So you try out, just like pair stars with a word. So you're like silent stars. Okay, interesting. Why don't we swap out silent for something else? How about fading stars? What if we iterate on stars? Similar words to stars that aren't the same. How about starlight? So then we are like, huh, what goes with starlight? How about starlight lullaby? That's interesting. 
that I like I can already hear in my head what what a song called Starlight Lullaby would sound like. Feels like an album closer and it's it's super uh it probably uses like a what's that called? A sound box or a you know what I'm talking about that like that thing it's kind of, it can be kind of creepy but it also is is associated with like small children and lullaby type stuff. Um why can I not think of the name of it right now? But Anyway, as a specific sound in my mind already, just Starlight Lullaby. Do I think, oh, let's go develop that song? No, not necessarily. But we're just generating ideas, right? The, the, so a lot of these are going to suck. That's fine. What about instead of Starlight, we do Starlit? So Starlit Boardwalk, for instance. <laughs> let's, let's combine the two, right? We just talked about uh, ocean. Boardwalks are usually on the ocean. Starlit Boardwalk, okay? That has a certain imagery to it. If we iterate on the star concept again, what about celestial? What word goes with that? What's, what's, what's a word that we could throw in with that? How about celestial pathway? Then what about heavenly? Heavenly is another word similar to celestial and stars and all that kind of stuff. Or constellations, if we go back to Starlight, what else can we do with it? Starlight Avenue, Starlight Boulevard, Starlit Way. So a great way to do this, or an easy way to do this, is you pick a word, and then you go to something like relatedwords.org, and you find all the related words to that. So in our case, right, we had stars, and then we had starlight, starlit, celestial, heavenly, constellations. Those are all similar words. They're not synonyms, though. They're just similar, right? Stars, you can't just swamp out the word stars with celestial, right? They're not, they're not synonyms. They are very related, though. In the same way that lighthouse, boardwalk, and beach, and ocean, and sea are all related words, but they're not synonyms, right? A boardwalk and a beach is not the same thing. Now, you also can go to the thesaurus.com and, and just work off of synonyms as well, uh, but I would highly recommend relatedwords.org for related words, words that are just sort of in the same genre, if you will, the same theme, the same area, if you will. And so that's that's one way to do it, right? You're just sort of swapping out those words and then like pick one word to go with it, right? That's basically all we did here, S like silent stars. That That's, I picked the word silent, put paired it with stars. Then I tried to pair something else with stars. How about fading stars? Then I tried a related word to stars. How about starlight? Starlight lullaby, okay. Then another related word, starlit. Starlit what? Boardwalk. And again, another related word, celestial. Celestial pathway, which is maybe my least favorite of those. But anyway, the point is, these ideas are not supposed to be great. We're just looking for ideas. And that is an easy sort of artificial way to start getting the brain going where you're really only asking yourself, you come up with one word, find related words that literally are given to you. And then, yeah, pick like one word to, to pair with it or try to figure out the context of it, right? It doesn't have to be a single word. Stars could be turn into stars were under or something, right? That's, that's not one word. Stars were under is three. So there's not rules around this. This is just hopefully a, a, a way to sort of get yourself in the mode of like, let's generate some ideas. So if you're not feeling particularly creative, I find that this is a good thing to go to. 
Another thing you can do to sort of generate interesting symbolisms, often interesting symbolisms are from taking two things that don't seem to go together or two things that seem at odds with another with one another and putting them together. So like uh, the silent scream, right? That's like that. That's not possible, but it also makes it kind of intriguing. Like, what does that mean? The silent scream or dry ocean, right? What kind of imagery does that, does that give you? Uh, I don't know about you, but that gives me sort of like a, a dune, dune imagery, which by the way, if you haven't seen that movie, you should go see it. It's awesome. It's awesome. So good. And Hans Zimmer delivers per usual. And by per usual, I don't want to undersell the guy per always. He's the man. But anyway, Cold Sun, Dark Moon, Flightless Bird, The Dog Who Never Barks. I don't know. Like, those are just, again, just starting places, right? Take two things that don't go together. Uh, and in those cases, they're like, they they literally seemingly almost can't go together. Not always, right? There are such things as flightless birds. And dogs, theoretically, there could be a dog that doesn't bark. Um, and Dark Moon, sometimes the moon is dark because it doesn't have its own light, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying, though. That can be a good way, again, to sort of just generate something that might spark into an idea that eventually will be good. Right now, just as a reminder, we are trying to come up with ideas. We are really not trying to judge the ideas at all, right? It's just generating ideas. We're going to get to making the idea better, almost pre-developing the idea in a sense in a later step. So just generally when thinking of storytelling ideas – a good place to start is events from your past, what's going on in your present, and then the hopes as well as fears that you have in the future. Right. So the beauty of the future is it leaves more to your imagination. Now, certainly memories are imperfect, right? How you remember something might not be how it actually happened. But for the most part, you know, you just have memories that that is your past, more or less. Uh, but with the future, you kind of get this more creative room in the sense that, like, there's a lot of different ways you can take your future. Uh, you know, you can go the dark route or the lighter route with anything. You know, and you can also can go as far into the future or as shallow into the future as you would like. But another thing we can do is think about different timelines. So basically butterfly effect from a moment in your past and see where it takes you, right? What, what, what kind of song would you be writing right now if you didn't break up with that one toxic person or that one great person? Where would you be if you didn't take that risk that got you to where you are today, right? Maybe you found a lot, you, you know, you've done some awesome things in life, but it's because you took a certain risk, right? Maybe the person you're married to, uh, you know, was a person that, uh, you know, you had you had a moment, right, where you either were going to ask them out or you might never see them again because you didn't know them. They weren't somebody that was like at your school who would be around. And you took that risk and now you're happily married for like 40 years and you have six kids. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be an example of like, well, go back and say, what if you didn't do that? Or, you know, not to get really dark, but what if, your parents died when you were young or if hopefully this isn't the case, but if that did happen to you, what if they didn't? And then another thing we need to be able to do is put ourselves in someone else's shoes. It's easier if we know them well, 
whether it's whether it's that we feel we know them well, even though they're a fictional character from a TV show. Because I don't know about you, but I, I get emotionally attached to characters in TV shows that I watch for a while. Uh, so I always slow down at the end of season seven of The Office because I don't want Michael to go. <laughs> and uh, I s- slow down at the end of The Office again, usually. I just finished Modern Family. Uh, so that was sad. Um, not that the show doesn't end sad. I'm just saying like it's sad because it feels like you got to know these characters and now they're gone. But, um, you know, that's another place that you can draw stories from. Something you've heard on the news, friend or acquaintance that's going through something. But eventually a key is learning to sort of blur these lines and combine them, right? Taking some of your own experiences, mixing it with a thing that maybe you heard on the news, mixing it with something that's going on with your friend, and creating something that is basically a new story that is inspired by different things in your life. Because ultimately, and if you get nothing else from this episode, this is this is a take. This is the one time to re-listen. A songwriter limited to their own point of view is a severely limited one. I'll say it again. A songwriter limited to their own point of view is a severely limited one. So just to illustrate this, imagine if every author only wrote books where they were the main character. If you go even farther, imagine if the author only wrote books where they were the main character and it was based on things that they actually went through. Literally all they could write would be memoirs and autobiographies. Which, by the way, what is the difference? Legitimately, I don't know. Is a memoir like doesn't necessarily cover your whole life and an autobiography is implied to cover the whole thing? Or like memoirs, you like mix in your thoughts instead of like just telling the story of your life? Whatever. This is not important. But I'll Google it after the episode. <laughs> That's what I'll do. But anyway, even if the author were not that limited and were just limited to writing from their own point of view, then every single main character they ever wrote would just be themselves. Right? That would not go very far. So as songwriters, we need to learn to do the same thing. And just as a side side thing, another good reason for this is you want to be able to honestly be in a position where you can say that your songs are not autobiographical because then you can write about anything and everything and you don't get people mad at you, right? So if you write that one song about that terrible friend and it seems like it it incorporates elements of something that one of your friends actually did to you and now your friend is ticked because they think, you know, you wrote this song about how bad of a friend they were or something, like, it's just it's just helpful to have the, and you're being honest, right? You're not lying. It's it's helpful to sort of have the out, if you will, that like no 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 like this is a song right like just just like a, a book if you have some similarities to a character in the book it doesn't mean the character in the book is you and in the same way we want to be able to say you know no this is it's a mix of everything right I, I wrote a, overall a fictional song that did pull in some of my experiences but they also pulled in something that was a story I wanted to tell that has nothing to do with me even if I wrote it where it sounds like, you know, I'm I'm singing as the main character of this story. Um, so anyway, just as a side thing, that's also a nice um, 
a nice perk, if you will. You don't want to be Taylor Swift, where whenever you write a song, everybody's like, oh, that's about that boyfriend, and she just said a bunch of terrible things about that one person, and what's he going to do? Defend himself, even though it's, like, vague enough that, like, I don't know. It's just one of those, you don't want that, right? We don't want that in our lives. So a great way... (laughs) One of the one of the great ways as just as a but this is just a bonus thing again. <laughs> like the real reason is you don't want to be limited as a songwriter. But also it's it's a nice perk that you can write songs and not have people mad at you because they think that everything you write must be autobiographical. So other places we can look for ideas. Because that's what we're talking about, right? Ideas. Other art we talked about. But another thing you can do, legitimately, if you go to basically any song or like a, a YouTube playlist of, you know, one of those like three hour long videos that just has like a picture of, for some reason, it feels like it's it's an anime drawing like 99% of the time. I don't really know why. Um, I, that's fine. It, most of it has the aesthetic that fits very well. Um, it's just one of those, like, I, I don't know what the connection is. But it's lo-fi, right? So, so lo-fi music for, like, three hours, and it has, you know, like, an anime picture or whatever. If you go to, like, any of those videos, there are tons of comments of people saying stuff like, you know, this takes me back to the time when, and then they tell part of their story. Right in the comments, <laughs> I mean, I, I've gotten several song ideas just from reading YouTube comments on music. Now, there's lots of YouTube comments that are super toxic on lots of channels. But when it comes to music, the tendency is there's like three different comments, right? There's the comments that are like, you know, these people are so underrated, right? That's like half the comments. Everybody's underrated, apparently. Um, and then the other half of comments... I mean, I'm I'm obviously being reductive about this, but like a lot of the other comments are stuff uh, like touching stuff about like, hey, this got me through, you know, the worst year of my life and this is what happened. And, you know, some of them get real, real dark, right? Like I was contemplating suicide. One time I saw this comment that was something like I was contemplating suicide, but then the song came on like, boy, <laughs> powerful stuff. Um, and And you know what? Some of these stories might not even be true, but does it matter? No, they're literally coming up with ideas for you. So that's a place to look. Um, and and then, you know, don't don't underestimate the power of rabbit holes and all these things, right? Maybe you start with ocean, and then you think of related words, or you go to relatedwords.org, and you see lighthouse. And you're like, oh, lighthouse, that's interesting. And it's just a word, right? This isn't really a song idea yet. Uh, but then you think, oh, I have that one friend whose spouse is going through cancer and that one friend has been struggling with how they can, you know, sort of be a light in that person's life um, because they're their spouse, right? They, they have to love them. Um, and, ha- you know, sort of dealing with the how, how, how can I keep up spirits and 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 still – you know, keep them smiling when admittedly there is a lot of reason for them to not smile. Um, boom. There's there's your lighthouse, right? Like that that's exactly what they are for that person. So there's your connection, right? And it's not always going to be that convenient, obviously. My point, though, is don't be afraid to go down these rabbit holes via related words, via, you know, you look up a, a pretty generic 
type of art, you know, sad art, and then you see a specific sad art that's addressing a specific thing that resonates with you. So then you just search for that specific art because happy and sad is super generic, right? That's that's like super open-ended. So you want to get more specific. And, you know, also just getting in the habit of having more philosophical discussions with people, right? Get go Go to coffee with somebody with a creative brain like you have. And just workshop some ideas. Just, just, just talk, right? Have coffee and and think, and talk, and discuss ideas. It doesn't even have to be about songs, right? Just philosophizing in general is a great way to get your creativity going and to get some song ideas. Just via being with somebody else who is willing and and enjoys thinking deeply about things like you do. So. Also, this is important. Turn off distractions. This should be obvious. Turn off distractions, right? Turn off your phone or, you know, don't, don't have, the, have the internet up exactly as much as you need. Don't have, don't have, you know, something distracting over on your third screen or second computer monitor or whatever. Stay on the task of just coming up with ideas. Don't get distracted. It's okay to go down rabbit holes that are productive ones, but make sure... That we're not, you know, where you don't want to end up is like, oh, yeah, what happened in the, like, 1976 NFL playoffs? Because chances are there's not a song idea there. I say that because that's something that might happen to me. I do enjoy, I do, do, do enjoy going to the Wikipedia articles for, like, NFL playoffs way back in the day before, before I was alive. Uh, just to know more. Because I love the NFL, as any of you who have listened for a while know. So the next step here, we just talked about a whole bunch of different ways to gather ideas, right? Different places to get ideas, from YouTube comments to grabbing art and putting it in your Google Drive, uh, or just in your Google document, rather, or just put a link to it, doesn't really matter, to generating ideas via related words and just starting with a single word that is generally something you'd like to workshop off of. Right, so we talked about a whole bunch of different ideas. But then often our ideas are still going to be pretty high level still. And we want to have effective storytelling ideas, which comes from diving a little bit deeper. So that brings us to really the second part of what we're talking about, which is to dive deeper and get more precise and more specific. This to me is where most people go wrong. It's okay to start with an idea like say, oh, I'll do a song about the divorce that you had or something. That's fine. Um, But when you go to start writing the song, you want your idea to be more specific than that. Because generally, how you get generic and unmemorable songs is by not diving deep enough, right? We don't need another generic breakup song. But there is a ton, a ton of good stuff that we can talk about that technically would be breakup songs that wouldn't feel like it's been said a million times before. But if you keep it generic, like, you broke up with me and I'm mad at you, right? Like, oh, okay, for the trillionth time, cool. Right, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but 
those tend to lean towards becoming generic and unmemorable. So if we just stick with that divorce idea for a second, what about your divorce? And when? Right? Because a divorce is a long, complex story with a lot of moving parts. So if you try to cover the whole thing, you'll likely be stuck with all super high-level details that have very little emotional resonance. Now, you could dive into the different moments that led to the tragic end. So you might cover a long period of time in your song, like, say, 20 years, like a 20-year marriage that ends, right? So you could cover the 20 years, but usually you still want to dive deeply into the specific moments that are the important moments along that story, if you will. So an example of this would be Cats in the Cradle. For for Cats in the Cradle, the first verse talks about how he misses his son's first time walking and talking. Those are huge moments in a kid's life. Boom. Miss those because he was too busy working. And then it fast forwards. The next verse is about his son's 10th birthday, and he asks his dad to play baseball with him or you know throw the ball around with him. And his dad says, no, he's too busy. That's very specific, right? It's not, oh, when my son was older, he always asked me to play sports with him, and he said no. Or, I, sorry, and I said no because I was too busy, right? That's kind of like, yeah, cool. Like, I get it. But, like, it's not as emotionally resonant as it's my kid's 10th birthday. He says, hey, dad, will you play, you know, will will you throw the ball to me or something? I'm not quoting the lyrics, but something like this. And then you said no, right? That's more emotionally resonant because it's a specific moment. And you know this is an important moment, too. And then verse three, right, is the kid coming home from college. And then now that it's reversed, right? Now the father wants to spend time with the son and the son doesn't have time for the father. And this whole time, right, the son has said, someday I'm going to be just like my dad. So the cruel, the, the cruel truth is he, he, from the beginning he said it, right? This, this was very um, telegraphed from the beginning, how this story ends. He had chances to turn it around in those first two verses and he didn't. And now it's reversing, right? Now the son is just like his dad. So now he doesn't have time for his dad. And then verse four, the father's much older. His son's married and with kids and all that. So he calls his busy son to say, hey, you know, can we hang out or whatever? And the son says, sorry, dad, my kid's sick and blah, blah, blah. I don't have time, but this was a good call, right? Super tragic, great stuff. But again, They're all diving into specific moments. So yeah, it covers the whole arc of like the man with a son, right? Basically from birth, walking and talking, all the way to, you know, the way it's expressed right before death, right? There's not really an act after this. So basically the entirety of the relationship, father to son, is covered in this song in four verses. But each one of those four verses dive into a specific moment. The first verse, the least so, but it's still a specific two moments, really. And so so that's generally what we want to do if we're going to cover a long period of time. Otherwise, though, we can, we can just dive into a specific moment for the entire song. But before we get to that, let's just throw out an example of, for the marriage divorce thing, right? For example, 
you, what you don't want to do is first year of marriage recap in a verse and then like a 10th year of marriage, you're saying like generically like, oh, we've started to fight more. And I noticed, you know, he was starting to whatever. And then the 20th and final year of marriage, again, you kind of recap the whole thing. Don't do that, right? Do something like the first verse is specifically the wedding ceremony. You're looking at each other. You're saying your vows and you see the love in his eyes or something. Uh, and then the second verse is that 10th year of marriage, right, where you see his eyes wander to somebody else at the beach for the first time. Right, So now you get a little foreshadowing. And then your third verse is is the moment that he tells you that he wants a divorce and that he's been cheating on you or something. Right, because those are specific emotionally resonant, resonant moments. But... If you, if you don't need to cover a long story, then sometimes just diving into a specific moment for the entire song. So to stick with the divorce analogy, uh, because apparently we like to go dark all the time here, and I say, I say we. I'm sorry, I shouldn't drag you into this. This is my fault, not your fault. You're good. But, you know, may, maybe the specific moment you dive into is the confrontation with with your spouse that led to them revealing they wanted a divorce or the moment that you had to tell your children and seeing the sadness and horror sort of strike their eyes as they realize that, you know, they, they thought that was going to happen to other kids, but now they know they're the ones that are going to, um, you know, have a parents that are separated. Or maybe the story of the children being angry with you or your partner um, because of the part that you or your partner played in them losing the parent, right? So it's a pretty common story of, you know, somebody cheats and then the kids are all mad at the person who cheats, rightfully so, because it's their fault that the marriage fell apart, right? They, You know, you betrayed mom or whatever it is. Or, you know... Let's get even more specific. Maybe your idea. So you started with divorce, right? So let's let's dive deeper for the idea, like the the actual idea that we're going to develop into a song. Maybe dive into the moment of the actual court date where the divorce was finalized. And I don't really know how some of this works. It's not like I've been divorced or anything. So I, forgive me if this is not exactly how it works. I don't really know where you are. Are you in a courthouse? I don't know. But go with me here. So wherever it is, right, where the thing is finalized and from a legal standpoint. So maybe in that moment, all the good things came back to you and you want to change your mind. You're like, wait, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like there's so much good here. What, why are we giving up? Or maybe it felt anticlimactic and overly unemotional and uh, just oddly practical end to the most important relationship you've had in your entire life, right? Maybe you're together... 20, 30 years. And again, this doesn't have to be something for all of you who are listening, like, man, I'm like 20. I've never even been married. I had my first girlfriend last year. Like, what What are we talking? This works for anything, right? We're, we're going down this rabbit hole. But, and again, it doesn't have to be stuff you have experienced. But, um, you know, so again, there's a whole bunch of emotions that probably could come up when it's, you know, like, man, we had a, 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 the most important relationship of my life was with this person. And the way it ends is in front of a judge or something stamping a like, yep, you're officially divorced under the law and that's it. Right? I, I, 
I could imagine a scenario where that feels so hollow and empty. Like after all we've been through, that's it. Um, but what about your, you know, spouse's point of view, the kid's point of view, extended family point of view. So switch up the point of view. Uh, what about the first time you meet your ex's new partner? Do you warn them? Do you see them falling into the same patterns that ended your marriage and decide to just let it be anyway? Like, oh, you want to crash another one? Go ahead. Or maybe you want to be the bigger person and you want to see, you know, your spouse's next marriage not fall apart. So you point it out to them and say, hey, you know, this is a part of why we fell apart. Maybe don't do that. Or, or do you see your spouse now being the spouse to their new partner that you wanted them to be to you? And now you're questioning, is it your fault? Is it you that was the problem? Uh, and are you angry about it? Who are you angry at? Are you angry at at the, the new partner? Or are you angry at, you know, your, your ex? So, again, this, we're, we're diving deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Specific moments. Like this, when the divorce is finalized, when you told your kids... You know, meeting your ex's new partner for the first time, maybe years later. But then from there, we're figuring out what sort of the your attitude towards it is and, and, and how this goes. Because there's an infinite possibilities just within the meeting your ex's new partner. And this doesn't even have to be a divorce thing, right? This can just be like an, an ex-girlfriend, a boyfriend that you that you see again. And for the first time, you see them with somebody who isn't you, right? How, how does How does that go? So overall, we're just looking for these specific moments where there's emotional resonance. So once you've gathered all these different ideas, or even as you're gathering ideas, which we talked about in the first part, overall what you need to do is try, try tinkering with them, right? Dive deeper into a very specific moment in time and a very specific, you know, a- attitude or, or, or how you're feeling Right, because just to go back to the breakup example, there's a a million emotions that are a part of a breakup. There's not one, right? Like, I don't think anybody's ever been broken up with and only felt anger, or or even do the breaking up, the break, whatever the term is. You know, nobody has ever felt that way. I don't think, right? There's there's moments where anger is the predominant emotion. Sure, there's also moments where sadness is the predominant emotion. There's moments where you resent yourself for the thing, the parts that you played and you, you think to yourself, what could I have done better, right? Was this inevitable? Did I push it too far? And, you know, I, I should have known this was coming if I kept, you know, not changing my ways. There are so many specific moments within the, you know, six months, years long recovery from a breakup. And each of those specific moments is, is where there's something interesting, in the same way that in the specific moments within a, d- a divorce, there's something really interesting and compelling and emotionally resident. And did I say resident? Re- resonant. And so it's usually diving deeper is one of the keys. Play along, play, play around with the storyline, play around with the time, right? What time period you're in. Uh, play around with time from the sense of like when the present is, right? Because you can you can write a song about something that happened to you ten years ago, 
from the point of view and and the timeline of, of today, right? You're looking back on something that happened 10 years ago, or you can write the song from the point of view that you had 10 years ago, or the point of view that you had nine and a half years ago, or the point of view that you had 11 years ago, right? We, we can play, we can totally play with this. It's kind of like, um, is it okay to spoil a movie that's like four years old now? I, I won't do that, but there, there's a specific movie where it, there's interesting questions arise because a character knows that their marriage is going to end uh, with with somebody that they have just met. So that basically they see the future. They see that they end up with a, I think, a girl, and but but they end up not working out. So the question that she sort of has at the end, is it worth pursuing this anyway, despite the fact that I know that it, how it ends, right? A very compelling thing that you only get when doing a specific thing with time. She can see the future. She was able to see the future, but she still is in the present where she gets the choice. Re- really, you could boil it down to, you know, she is answering the question, is it better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all? She says, it would be better if I choose to love and lose than to not love at all. Great stuff. Great movie. I feel like I should just tell you what the movie is. Mute for like five seconds. Okay, I'm going to spoil it right now. I'm talking about the movie Arrival. It's a great movie. All right, you're good. You're in the clear. So storyline, time, point of view, right? There's different characters in a song usually changing up the point of view. And then dive really deep into the specific emotion of the moment. So I hope this was helpful to, to you. Uh, I know there's a lot, but man, there are so many ways to effectively gather different ideas for your stories. And it really boils down to the, the big two. Big two is getting a lot of ideas, which of course we talk through a bunch of different ways to get a lot of ideas. And then to dive deeper into that idea, to develop it out just a little bit more before you start developing the song. So just in case that wasn't clear, there's a difference here between developing a song from an idea and developing the idea. Developing the idea in theory is still in the idea sheet. You're just trying to get more specific about the idea before you start writing the song. Developing the song once you have an idea is different. We didn't talk about that today. That's a totally different step. So just in case that wasn't clear. So the second part, again, was diving deeper, getting more precise and specific. Right. If you if the first part idea you came up with was a symbol, you're figuring out what does the symbol mean? What is the specific story? What is the specific scenario that I think this symbol is going to represent before I actually develop that song? It's diving deeper into, okay, I know generically that I want to tell a story about the breakup I went through last year or something. Um, but, but let's dive deeper, right? What specific moment and attitude from it do I want to take? Is it going to be when I was angry the day after was when it, I, I was crying and asking why, why in the moment was it, you know, again, specific moments, diving deeper, getting more precise about the, what your song is about and about moments, because ultimately moments are incredibly resonant and overall stories really are not, generally. 
no matter how tragic a story. Because if you think about it, history, 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 I think, is a good example of how this is the case. We can read a history book that says something like, you know, X amount of people were killed in this battle and you feel nothing. Right. It's unbelievably tragic what you just read, but it's just information. It's presented as information. So you can read that, like, you know, 200,000 soldiers died in X battle and it's just sort of like knowledge to you often, right? Which is why we don't cry when we read history books, right? Because history is filled with tragedy. But usually we just read it and we're like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, but then if you watch a movie that actually, you know, puts you as one of the band of brothers, if you will, one of the, one of the people that are actually fighting the battle, and you just watch three people die, right? Maybe it's four four people all in battle together. Three of them die. You feel a ton, right? Because you know that Johnny's backstory is that he, you know, has a wife at home who's pregnant and he's never going to get to meet his kid and his kid's never going to know his dad, right? That's emotionally resonant. We can read that 4,000 soldiers died in a battle and it's just informational. So that's sort of the difference between, you know, high too high level of story loses the emotional resonance. So it's important to get deep enough into the story where it emotionally resonates. It emotionally resonates when you tell a story of a son's 10th birthday and his, his father doesn't make the time to throw him the baseball. That's emotionally resonant. Generally t saying like, yeah, his dad wasn't a very great dad and didn't pay enough attention to him and was always busy with work. Like that's still sad, but it doesn't emotionally resonate like the first thing I said, right? So anyway, hope this was helpful to you. This basically was a real deep dive into sort of the first step in the six-step lyric writing checklist that I go through when I'm writing songs. So if you think the other steps would be helppful to you, uh, be sure to check that out. It's a songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Uh, again, this was just the first step. It's really the idea gathering step before we actually start developing the song idea, which is step two, developing the song idea. Uh, utilizing a bunch of things like prose writing and finding images and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, the the other four steps. So if you're interested, be sure to check that out. I know lyric writing can be arguably the biggest struggle of songwriting. I think that this helps make it a lot easier. It certainly makes it a lot easier on me uh, with having very high standards of lyrics. I had to break it down into a process because it's so hard to consistently get great lyrics if you don't have a process. So hopefully this can help you as well. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the question, Gregory, which inspired this episode. I know that this sort of only addressed one half of the question, I feel like, um, but this was a very long episode. So I think I can uh, just say you're welcome for only, <laughs> for only covering half in this episode. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate those of you who leave kind reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the different places. If you haven't already and you enjoy this this podcast, be sure to go leave a kind review when you get the chance, which is going to be right now because the episode is about to be over. Uh, I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening again, and I will talk to you in the next one.